Yo, what's up, you guys? This is Polly Shore, and welcome to another episode of my podcast called Interested. Why do I call it Interested? Because I'm actually interested in a lot of the people that I'm talking to, and I hope you guys are definitely interested, too. So today on the beautiful episode program-ish, I have the lovely Joan Dangerfield, the wife of the late, great comedian, Mr. Rodney Dangerfield. Uh-huh. So after he told that joke, people in the audience said, hey, hey, Rodney, me too. You know, no respect, no respect. So he went, okay, golden. So I thought, what other better person to host this particular episode with me with the widow of Rodney Dangerfield? Mr. Andrew, is it, what is it, Andrew, Andrew Silverstein, Diced Clay, what is it? You know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. But tell me. Well, what's my name? Slim Shady? No, what's no, my name? No, it's Andrew Dice Clay. That's right. Dice Clay, okay. That's important. So Andrew Dice Clay. That's right. Okay. But we know, a lot of people know my full real name, mm-hmm. Andrew Clay Silverstein. Who is Rodney Dangerfield for the people that, the younger uh, kids, because the there is a younger generation. Yeah. you know, through, especially through his later years when he started doing the young comedian specials, Rodney, uh, one of the greats of all time as far as stand-up, mm. and, but... We refer to him a lot of times as the godfather of stand-up mm. because of all the comics that he ushered in wow. through all the young comedian shows. Right. And he was one of the funniest. Rodney was absolutely right. just, you know, as we say, one of the greats. Right. One of the top comics of all time. Right. So what So what happened was is I... Um, You're a, okay, man. Everything's right? okay. So I got, right. I got a hold of uh, to Joan, Dan- Joan Dangerfield, who's uh, Rodney Dangerfield's widow. And I got. I went up to her house. She's got. A, have you been to her house? No. It's fucking sick, dude. It's like crazy, dude. And I don't even think it's Rodney money. I think she's got some other money. But I think it's like a twelve million dollar house. Yeah. No. Joan is. Joan has always been. You know, I know a lot about Joan because mm. uh, one of the businesses that she used to have was called Jungle Roses. Oh yeah. And you know. On one of my marriages, I've been married a bunch of times. I do that a lot. You know? right. I love the party. I understand. You know what I mean? So, right. But <laughs> I always used to go. Uh, it, it just so happens I found the place. It was across the street from a chiropractor where I used to go to this thing that said Jungle Roses. I didn't know she was the owner. And I would go there for every holiday. And it was her business. And they were the biggest, most beautiful roses I ever saw in my life. Wow. So... Joan Dangerfield is the, the the widow of Rodney Dangerfield, and Joan had been with Rodney for over 25 years. I was able to go speak with her at her place. So you're going to sit in with me and hear what she has to say yes. and, and do this? Any, Let's any, do it. Can we do any ginga da gaska da guska da We did jury duty together, now I just remembered that. It was just on recently. Really? Yes. Hysterical. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> when I ask you about your mother in jury duty. Right. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? All right, here we go, guys. This is Andrew Dice Clay and Joan Dangerfield um, talking about Rodney and when they uh, they first met and stuff like that. So thanks for sitting here. So 
So you met Rodney at your flower shop? Monica? At my flower shop, yes. I owned it, and that's where I met Rodney. So he just was stumbling around Santa no. Monica Boulevard or <laughs> he, he, Santa Monica, and he, he just said, did, hey, baby, yo, you're he, a pretty blonde girl. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was he was staying at Pritikin Longevity Center. Do you remember that oh, place? Oh, Pritikin. Was that a diet place? It was a diet place. Right. In fact, his, his, he was there to get some healthy habits going on. He wanted to lose weight and stop doing whatever bad things he was doing at the time. Right. So, and Easy Money had just come out. Remember that movie? Yeah, of course. I was a big fan of Rodney's. I remember the first time I ever saw him on TV, 1969. I was maybe 17 years old, and I was in love. First, I I thought, wow. I wanted to see him every night. That was on my mind. I thought, Johnny Carson, I wish wish Rodney had that show so I could see him every night. So, so you were a fan. I was I was the ultimate fan. I even remember closing my flower shop early, put out the gone fishing signs so that I could oh. run home and watch one of Rodney's ABC specials he used right. to do with Bill Murray and Aretha Franklin. He had some great shows he would do. So you, it, what's interesting about you, because I know we met, but we met a while ago, and I remember meeting you with him yeah. a lot of different times. So it's interesting that that you weren't just starstruck. It was, it, you weren't. You were just well, a okay. real fan of Rodney Dangerfield. I was such a fan. Like you loved his stuff. I loved his stuff so much. And I was so familiar with everything he ever wow. did. Let me tell you how familiar I was. When he came to the mall, I recognized him from the back. Wow. I recognized his walk, probably because I saw him walk to the panel uh, on Johnny Carson so many times. Uh-huh. So I had to hurry and move all my flowers inside the store, you know not getting anything stolen while I ran to catch up with them. But right. by the time I did that, he turned around right. and we were face to face. Wow. Since he was staying there in Santa Monica, he came in. So this was 80, 1983. 83. He came into my flat. He tells the story differently. That's what I left out. He said when he met me that I had a sign on my forehead that said, I'm easy, I'm easy, I'm easy. <laughs> flashing like neon. Well, no, it's because you were fucking hot and I, you were attracted to him. And, well, and you were easy to him, but not easy to everyone else. Oh, yeah, that's right? true. That's true. Right. But I was such a big fan. So he started coming in every day into my flower shop. Yeah, but he probably got he, your number right away, I'm sure. Um, I think I gave him my business card because, you know. And so then when did he call you? He came in every day after that. And we pretty much, that's great. we were in touch, I think, from the day we met almost every day. So we're here on Interested with my friend and old, old school buddy comedian mr andrew dice clay so isn't that crazy because you're listening to that they met at a fucking that flower my shop. mind that's the flower shop yeah you already you know you I mean? <laughs> that's crazy you said that I, I can't even believe i said that right up front because that's really how i started talking to joan wow because i, I just by chance saw that flower shop and i couldn't believe so she blew you off flowers. For, for rodney then uh, she was already with rodney oh, so we had something him. to talk oh, about because I, I, I didn't know she was the owner oh. so when i came in there i was just looking to buy those roses like she said she'd keep them outside right you know and i'm seeing it's joan and right. i already knew rodney i already did the special right or else i wouldn't be able to afford those roses wait well, that's 83 you didn't no, do the this special no this is this is 88 oh, or so 89 oh so she's had the yeah she had the rose rose uh, yeah, for she, a long time she had it for a long wow. time and she wound wow. up i think giving that business to her sister that's how that went that's crazy up. so your first wife was a dollface dollface yeah. so that was but your first wife no yeah. but that was your first wife did she, was she a fan of your stuff too you know what? Because Actually, said- no, no. I'll tell you what happened because uh, you might not even remember when but- I came out here to L.A. I had a different act. 
Huh. I did mostly impressions. Right. And the first night, uh, Dollface, <laughs> just that I'm talking about, it. first night when she came to the comedy store mm. to see this new act because right. she had a day job. She's not like us. But where did you meet her? Uh, at the Westwood Comedy Store. And was she a fan or she was just in no, the audience? No, she, an extra from my first film, Wacko. So she, but she was a fan. She saw you on the set. Oh, wait a minute. You're not even letting me tell you what the fuck happened. You don't shut up. I'm just trying to figure out if she was a fan. Do you want to give me the answer to the no, question? No, I was just trying to figure out if she was a fan too. No, no, like she was, was a, a fan. fan of no. When I, when, when Dollface saw my act for the first time, the Dice act, mm. When I came off stage, she wasn't sitting where she was, like, sitting when I went on stage, like the back of the comedy store. Mm. So some of the comic, I forgot what comic told me. She's out in the parking lot. Wow. So I come out there. Through and the doors. Yeah, through the back doors, mm. and she's fuming. Wow. I'm going, what's the problem? She goes, <laughs> she goes I, I, I don't like that language. I don't oh, like what hysterical. you're talking about. I go, what are, what are you that's kidding hysterical. me? It, it's killing you know, but she never she never saw me work on it because right. she would get she'd go to sleep early and get up very early for work, like right. six in the morning. You know, guys like me and you, we don't we don't believe in work. That's right. why we do comedy. So by the time she got to see the act, I was already honing in on it and she just hated the material. You know, right. she couldn't believe what was coming out of yeah. my mouth. You're a little fuck. But she but you but you met her, she was an extra on your film no, Wacko? An extra on the film who wacko. was a guy, oh. Wacko. Oh. He wasn't a wacko. Well, he might have been a wacko. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm just curious me. about where she no, met her. No, I'm off. telling you. Okay. Kept telling me about... Because when he wasn't an extra, he would like work for a delivery service or something. And he would tell me about this girl at a real estate agency mm. that was like a, a receptionist there. Mm. And he goes, and I'm telling this girl she's got to go see you at the comedy store. Okay. So I come in and Estelle goes, uh, there's some girl here to see you. Mm. You know, and, and I see, and she looks great, you know, and I walk over, and I saw she she looked like a doll, you know, wow. and that's how I gave her the name. I go, you look like uh, you got a real doll face, you know, mind if I call you that? And she goes, so, no, it's okay, and, so I, and friend, I said, well, I got to do a set, I'll so see So your you friend after. Wacko is the one that introduced you to yeah, the Wacko. Yeah, the Wacko. Okay, cool. So the here Wacko we are. Extra. We're here with uh, Andrew, he's telling us some stories. Who was about supposed to be talking about? We're get, yeah, but oh, sometimes we get sidetracked. We get sidetracked. We get a little side. That's because allowed it's your on life the show? too, of course. Okay. Yeah, all right, here you guys. Uh, Joan Dangerfield, Andrew Dice Clay, Polly Shore, are you interested, bro? Yeah, I'm interested. Let's do this I'm digging this. So we're inside your house right now, which we is are. which is beautiful. And Thank you. Did Rodney live here with you? No. I bought this right after he died because wow. I was going crazy where we used to live, missing him so much. Wow. I would miss his footsteps and his slippers walking right. down the Where hallway. was that house? Um, that was, uh, we lived in the Wilshire Quarter, you know, in, in a building called the Wilshire. We had the mm -hmm. penthouse right. of one of those high rises there. But we also bought a house nearby. We bought a house nearby um, so that he could have an indoor swimming pool. So mm. he could he could swim outdoors when it was good weather and indoors when, right. when it was inclement. So so this house, because so, you are s such a big fan of Rodney Dangerfield. Yes. Um, are you allowed to say widow? Is that yes. is that okay to say? You can say that. Because I don't, I don't like saying that. It really? sounds weird. It sounds it sad. It does sound weird. It feels sad. It sounds sad. sad. 
It is sad. Yeah, it's fucking sad. I hate that fucking word. But you know what I have? I have infinite but, echoes of laughter in yeah. my brain from that man, and that's yeah. what survives. That's well, you what al- fuels me. Yeah, you also, you you turned on your pool in front of me, <laughs> yeah. and you had a big um, caricature of Rodney Dangerfield in yes. your pool. Yes, that comes from my so, rooftop. It's it's a gobo image projected right. like, you remember when Batman had the little Batman insignia up in the sky? I can do that with Rodney's right. face too, but I don't right. usually... So when you turn on the pool in your house, does a big like Andrew Dice Clay like Im- image come up? Yeah, you up? saw it. Yeah, it's pretty you cool. It. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, with the glitter jacket. Yeah, I'm not a, a, into I mean, myself that much. You know, that's but something. It just I, comes up when you press it. <laughs> I think that's pretty wild. Yeah, to that's think crazy. about it, dude. That's dedication. I mean, dude, like seriously, like you that turn is it wild. on and it's a big picture of Rodney. Really? Yeah, dude. Isn't that wild? Maybe that's why she's not dating anybody. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about it. You yeah, bring you... another guy over. Right. You know what I mean? The yeah. guy goes, hey, let's take a dip in your pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's Rodney basically looking up your bathing suit. You know what I mean? And he's like, man, don't lay a hand on her. Okay. Yeah. But that's how... But that's crazy. How, but that's how a, intense that's really... she was with him. But that's great. Yeah. You know, I love when a that's woman... beautiful. You know, you know, that's why a lot of people like even movies like Rocky because mm. he's got Adrian. Mm. You know what I mean? That yeah, you know that that yeah. yeah, it's like the having girl that'll do anything. No, it's a girl that just backs you up yeah. a thousand percent. And that's hard to find in this right. world. You have a girl now I though. Mean, You're yeah, married. well I'm married You're, four right. years now. And she's got your back. This is my third wife. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Good so for far. You. So, so far, far yeah. they all have you back for a little while. Wow. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why you didn't get married. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You didn't find that one. No, but my wife definitely has my back, but it, it's an important thing if you're that kind of guy. Uh-huh. I mean, you've been a bachelor your whole life. Pretty you know much, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've had a lot of girlfriends, no, but nothing. Are you kidding? Nothing. What? I mean, what? the scale of women, Max, I got to tell you, you seem poorly. You know, you see what he delivers. You know what I mean? It's always a 10. Mm. He will not settle for a nine and a half. Mm. He just doesn't. He's got to have a 10. And that, and every night or every few nights, I, Paulie would come to the comedy store and he always had one. You know, and I, I would come over and, you know, try to uh, make it last for more than a day. You know, I don't know what he does to them that they go running from the house, but... He always, I always gave it up to him with the best looking chins. Mm, mm. Always. But yeah, I just. A lot of Midwestern chicks. Yeah, but dude, like you have have been married three times. That's intense. Yeah, it is intense. That's pretty serious. But it's what I do. No, it's it's great. And how many kids do you have? I have two boys. Two boys. And that's from training. Yes. From training. Yeah, my second one. We love training. And Max is sitting right here. Yeah, I know. She's such a sweet email. I've known Matt since he was a little kid. But I've known known Trini. I remember you guys like it was yesterday. Trini Benini. Trini Benini. You would say it every time we came into the comedy. Trini Trini Benini. So we're here with... uh, We got Dice is here with Trini Benini. (laughs) And whenever I'm trying to really work on material, Paulie comes into the room and (laughs) just looks to disturb me. Right. right. I mean, that's even one album I did where I'm yelling at you. You on the album, and right. and, you know, and with my albums, the beauty of my albums is I don't cut the shit out. Right, right, like right, a lot of people right. edit and they get rid of stuff that maybe isn't that great. Right. I love everything on the album. I yeah. like when it gets silent, <laughs> when I tell a joke that people just sit there and go and do nothing. Right. You know what I mean? And then there was one album I did. I think uh, it was Filth, mm. 
And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I stop for a second because I play off of silence rather than laughter. Mm. I always build my routine off of the uneasiness of a routine, yeah. of, of, a, of an audience. And when I got silent, all of a sudden you hear from the back of the room, I'm like, Paulie, get out of the room. I'm recording an album, Paulie. Get out. And I left it on the album, you know, because it's funny. So we're here. We're going to get into some more stuff about Rodney Dangerfield and and Joan Dangerfield and Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, Still interested? Yeah, I love this. uh, this I love your whole format. I love what's going on. Yeah, this is fun. Here we go, guys. So Rodney passed at what age? 82. 82 years old? Yes. Really? Yes. I thought he was younger than that. Well, good. And how did he you know, how did he pass again? Um he had heart surgery and fuck. slipped into a coma for 40 days and 40 oh, nights. Oh fuck. Man. Yeah, and um oh, Polly should have been there though. Um they didn't know why he was in a coma. It wasn't metabolic, it wasn't physical. He could have been in the locked-in syndrome. Mm. And they told me that Something might pull him out. It could be just hearing the right voice. It could mm. be like I brought in fragrances like pot for him to smell and mm. different things. Um, and then I got the idea to bring in some comics. Wow. And uh, each one tried to bring him out of the coma. It was the most fascinating Fuck. thing. I heard the best material in the world. I'm happy to share some of you want to hear. Yeah, but wait for a second. Like he was in a fucking coma? 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus. Yes, What, what is 48 days? In, is that Noah's Ark thing? Yeah, it's, it's when the, the uh, you know, Moses went to the mountain. It's supposed to be. And by the way, it, it is very significant because they claim you can, you can um, change a bad habit in 40 days. If you can get 40 days without whatever the bad habit is, you have a chance of breaking it. Yeah, his, I remember his eyes watering a lot. They did water, you know, and he what had was an up accident. With well, he had because um, he always looked, "Hey, Polly, how are you?" And then and he, he always tear said, up. "Yeah, tear up." Not because he loved you. No, it was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was. But he, but he did love you, by the way. He I thought did you lo- were very talented, and he yeah. loved how your whole background was comedy. I mean, uh-huh. you were like born into it. Yeah. I do remember meeting your dad backstage uh, yeah. and, and listening to he and Ronnie speak for a while. And yeah. of course, they they both loved you. Yeah. Um, no, I, anyway, yeah, I loved I loved Ro- Rodney. Rodney was awesome. He stepped into a steam room at Caesar's oh, yeah. Palace. He loved the steam. He loved the steam. Yeah. And because um, you and know why he loved the steam? Why? Because he'd drink alcohol. And whatever and, else. And alcohol and did his cocaine and shit, right? Didn't and he do a lot of coke? Did he do it with Sam? Uh, you know, he probably, did it with yeah, yeah, yeah. He certainly because Sam did a lot of fucking coke. I mean, well, I did it with him a couple times as well. Um, Rodney, uh, hey Sammy, noticed- get some fucking cocaine around here. This fucking place. <laughs> Rodney uh, stopped oh, all I of miss that him so when, much. when he married I'm who, fucking Sam. I'm going to cry. Well, Sam did look up to Rodney. In fact, I think Rodney yeah, did, gave him a lot of guidance in his career yeah. and put him in that yeah. movie back to school. Rodney yeah. helped write that part for him because yeah. he really he wanted Sam to do well. And that was the genuine loving heart that Rodney had. He, he wanted every comic that was talented to do well. So Rodney put a special, I don't know, he did a, a thing called Young Com... What is oh, it? Young Comedian H- Special. HBO's, HBO's Young, Young Comedian, Comedian Special. Yes, that's right. Which Andrew Dice Clay was on. Sam Kennison was on. Bob yes. Nelson was on. Uh, you had... Uh, Louis you had, Anderson. You had Louis. You had Dom Herrera. Yeah. You had, yeah, you had a lot of guys on it. And Rodney had an eye and, for talent that yeah. was unmatched. Yeah. So, yeah, you were thinking back at that These special. These are crazy that, stories. It's yeah. great listening to this did, stuff. You think about that special, though, because, you know, I was watching you listen to that. You kind of lit up. What, what did that special mean to you, that HBO 
young comedy special. On well, you. earlier you spoke, like mm. you brought up your mom, mm. you brought up Rod. Different shots you get to get where you want to go, your aim. Mm. And, you know, I remember coming out to L.A., and it was your mother that took me in immediately to the comedy store. I did a 28-minute audition and nearly had to, uh, you know, punch the MC when he gave me a hard time about the 28 minutes. Because <laughs> I came off stage. You know, it was Mitchell Walters that got me out to L.A. He yeah. saw me in Brooklyn and kept calling my father, wow. and I finally get out to L.A., and Mitzi was all primed to see me, but I didn't meet her. So, you know, I'm told you could do like three minutes, four minutes, whatever it is. And I had a whole singing, dancing, Travolta doing Grease Lightning. And it was great. I remember it. Yeah, it was, you know, it's that act amazing. would just kill. It was like this, Harry yeah. Basil when he goes yeah. on instant right. standing ovation. Yeah. So what happened is the next night, you know, uh, I got sent to the Westwood Comedy Store to do a set. And at Westwood, once again, uh, Estelle tells me uh, you have to go to the Hollywood Comedy Store Mitzi wants to meet you wow and so I come down uh, you know I, I see her and she's with August and Ollie Joe Prater and and Mitchell Walters and she just like she just loved me right off the bat your mom she was talking about you know you're a movie star comic she goes I never had a comic that looks like you mm. She goes, it's like a, a different generation thing. She goes, you're going to be a movie star. Like, she claimed it. Mm. So, of course, I worked the comedy store, and, and that was, you know, for people listening, they don't maybe understand what the comedy store or the improv, places like that mm -hmm. mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there's comedy clubs all over the country, but there's only a few places you could go in this country to hone your craft, like going to any kind of school to learn any kind of craft, and the comedy store was number one. And so, you know, playing the comedy store all those years turned me into the comic I am. And then the and your mother gave me that stage. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the shot of a lifetime came when Rodney put me on his HBO Young Comedian special. And I took that so seriously. I didn't care if there were three people in the audience at the comedy store. I didn't care if it was a packed house. I just got so in the cage working on the set wow. because I knew and I did one of the last of his Young Comedian specials. I think he did yeah. maybe one more after that. Did, you didn't do the one with Sam though. No, did no. You, Sam you, did, did it your, like a year or two, two earlier. Ones. He, but the one that broke him was like two years first, earlier, something oh yeah, like first. that. Oh, right, right, right. So he already broke a lot of comedy. You know, Seinfeld mm, and Roseanne yeah, and Sam and you know, Tim Allen, Saget, you know, a lot of guys were breaking. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, how many more times is he going to do this? So right. once he gave me the shot, it was you over. know, I basically decided yeah. I will just become the biggest thing in the world. Mm. That was my aim, to be mm. just this I think giant rock and roll stand-up, yeah. something people never saw in, in the world of stand-up. Yeah, stand -up. I think you and Sam were probably the only two that really parlayed it. I mean... Roseanne did, but Roseanne, I think, well, hit Roseanne more on Carson. Well, Roseanne went into her TV show. Yeah, but she was more on Carson. I think that's exactly. what she hit. You and Sam, I think, were the two main guys. It was right off fucking that show. just like... Exactly. Yeah, I remember it. Because I was, obviously, I was young. I remember it. It was uh -huh. just like, fuck. No, and, awesome, and I, just, I just wanted to take it where it mm. never went, and Rodney gave me that wow. opportunity. Yeah. But what was also great about Rodney is during the editing process... Mm. 
he brought me up to the editing room where they edited my shot. And I watched it, and he was like, all right, man, what do you think? Okay, you know how we talk. And I went, you know what? There's some stuff missing that should be in there. Mm. And, you know, the director was there, uh, Miller. Was it Walter Miller? Yeah, Walter Miller. Okay. So I worked with the director for like an hour, mm. putting in what I thought should be in the shot. Yeah. And at the end of it, Rodney watched it. He loved it. And he goes, you're happy now, man? You're oh, okay, that's great. right? But I really, you know, I'm just so focused mm. on when, when I have a shot to mm. do. You know, and, and what was crazy about that, a lot of the guys from the store, you know, like uh, Rob Schimmel, mm. Irera, mm. you know, I would watch like, you know, like Irera. If it was a slow night, Dom Irera would be on stage just fucking around. Mm. And I like couldn't believe that because I'd be in the back room going, the shot of a lifetime mm -hmm. is coming. Who gives a fuck if there's two people or 200 people in the room? Prepare yourself. Mm. You know, but, but you know, I don't give a fuck. I just got to worry about me. Mm. And, you know, I even took it to the extent that when I walked to do the show in New York, because we did it at Dangerfields, I put on my outfit, mm. the whole thing with giant, the belt buckle was bigger yeah. than your iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And, you know, I told my wife, Trini, we weren't married yet, but I told Trini, I go, you know what? I'm going to walk to the club. I got to feel New wow. York. And it was so weird what you that did for me because the more, second huh? I walked out of that hotel, don't wow. forget, like I'm wearing these dark glasses, yeah, 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 the yeah, leather yeah. jacket, like I said, a belt buckle bigger than your iPad, and people are just looking. Yeah. And I walk into Dangerfields, and Rodney comes over, and he's going, how do you feel, man? You okay? You ready, <laughs> man? And I'm just staring him down, and I go, tonight, they pay. Mm. Tonight, they get disciplined. And he looks at me for like a split second and then just starts laughing. He's like, okay, man, tonight they're going to pay. All right, man, okay. You're okay, Dice. You're from another planet, man. That's all I can tell you. And But he couldn't oh, believe because he knew I was serious. He knew I was so right. zoned in. Right, right. You know, just so, so ready for that's this. Great. And that's why the result yeah. was what it was. And that's why I wanted you to sit here with me tonight. And I'm thing. happy to sit here. Yeah, and why do you sit here tonight and take in Rodney a little bit and kind of go back to that time with Joan, you know, and it's pretty heavy shit, man, you know, that time for you. Yeah, it was It was an absolute, that was you know? that was my time as yeah. far as a stand-up, I yeah. mean. That was like, for me, that you was know, like my MTV. You know, yeah, exactly. MTV, That's why I was, was asking like, you earlier, like, yeah. when did you hit with that? Because yeah, I knew it was around yeah. the same. Well, you were the first guy to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. broke those rules. Yeah. I remember seeing it going, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> right. But I knew it was great. Right, because, right. No, because, Max, I got to tell you, because, you know, all the, uh, what they call them, VJs? Yeah, the VJs. At the time, they had, like, real straight-laced uh, guys, like news guys, mm. bringing on videos. Mm. And here comes this maniac, you know, with, with his whole Paulie character, you know, doing what he does. And that's why he wound up with a movie career. You know, and but it was so different than anything they ever saw. Mm. You know, and I loved it. You know, and we were all taking off at the same time. It was, it was a great it was a time. Great time, yeah, cool. So here we are with Joan and Andrew Dice Clay on Interested. I I wanted to 
tell you these amazing stories about when these comics came in and played homage to Rodney. Okay. Would you like to hear about yes, that? Yes, of course. It's a great story. Well, Rodney had been in a coma before. I was pretty confident he'd come out of it. Mm. In fact, oh, can I tell you one story before we get into that? Yeah. When Rodney had brain surgery, his chances of coming through that were not good or of living without it. What year it. did he have brain surgery? Uh, let's see. It was about two years before he died. Fuck. So, get so it was like so, 80, 81. Yeah, somewhere. Rodney could not stand up without Fuck. passing out, which meant he had to lay down all the time. Fuck. What kind of a life is that? He didn't want that kind of life. No. He couldn't even stand up to go to the bathroom without Fuck. fainting. So we found a brain surgeon, like one that specialized in the exact procedure he needed, which was a brain bypass. Mm. And they don't do that very often. And I think his chances of recovering from that were like 25% chance he would cover. Wow. But without it, no life and probably die. Wow. So he had to have it. And they had to put him in a medically induced coma while he recovered. But his big fear... He always believed he would live, but his fear was he wouldn't be the same. You know how a comic has to be, actually, I'm going to tell you, they have to be smarter than everybody else. Mm. You know that. You have to surprise someone to make them laugh. You have to think ahead. You have to think funny, Rodney called it. So he was afraid someone would tinker with his brain and he wouldn't be the same. Mm. So that was his fear. Would he still be able to think funny? And he made one comment to me I'll never forget. He said, if it wasn't for show business, I don't know what I'd do. Mm. I'm too jealous to be your pimp. Mm. Funny, right? Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So here he is. Now he had brain surgery. Now he's in this medically induced coma. And now they've brought him out of it. And he seems to be coherent. He's breathing on his own. They took, like, the tubes out of his mouth. But he could only, like, grunt. You couldn't really understand him. Mm. I'm holding his hand all through the night. The morning, the doctors come in to make their rounds, a group of them, because it's UCLA and it's a teaching hospital. And one of the doctors said, Rodney, have you been coughing up much? And he said, last week, 500 bucks for a whore. Oh my God. Just like that. <laughs> right. I really thought. I mean, so he was I, on Honestly, it. the doctors yeah. like fell back. I yeah. was like, oh my God, I was so glad he still had it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then I started thinking, where was he a week ago? You know. And then I remembered he... He was with some horse? No, no, I tracked it back. No. no. Let me tell you about okay. the comics that came to uh, visit Rodney. Well, are you going back to the so, comics? I mean, it's such a great story. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. So um, so after 17 days of being in the coma, um, the doctor said I could bring in you know, other people, whatever I wanted. Uh, they were pretty permissive with me. And so I got the word out, you know, that I'd have comics because Reno Rodney felt like they were children to him as well, mm-hmm. you know, which is probably why you think he had more than two because all these other comics he felt that close. It's to. like they my mom like is with all the comedians yeah, at exactly. the store. Like, it, yeah, totally. it's like she's it's, a good it's like she's my mom, but she's also like everyone else's mom. Yeah. Well, the first one to come in was uh, Jay Leno. And uh, I was surprised because, you know, that guy works so hard. And I was so he, surprised. Yeah, but he Jay Leno loved Rodney Dangerfield. He did. I mean, and um, and it was mutual. Rodney felt yeah. so comfortable on his show. He felt most at home there, like as if it was Johnny Carson. So Jay came in. And the first thing he said was something, I'll never forget, something like, you know, um, he asked if they'd validate the parking. So Rodney's laying there, right? And his hands are kind of like this. And um, Jay Leno put his finger in Rodney's hand. And he said, Rodney, if you can hear me. Squeeze my finger. Squeeze mm. my finger, Rodney. He waited. Nothing. Mm. And then Jay said, hey, Rodney, that's not my finger. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> funny, right? That's I mean, great. Very funny, but it yeah, didn't yeah. work. It didn't work. 
Wow. And the next comic I think that came in was Adam Sandler, and he oh. was more like heart to heart, mm. but said some religious things like he was going to go to temple mm. and um, and pray for Rodney and stuff like that. And then Adam went to the waiting room where all the other people who had intensive care loved ones were mm. gathered, and he entertained them and made them all feel better too. Mm. Louis Anderson came in almost every day and wow. he was talking more God stuff. Wow. Uh, Jim Carrey too. Jim Carrey came, wow. said like three hours. And um, wow. Jim Carrey said, he came in right when, I was surprised by the way, Jim Carrey knew like all the hospital equipment was for. He, he was mm. really like, I don't know, he has some experience there. Yeah. but And he noticed they had just changed Rodney's um, feeding bag. Wow. And, um, and Jim Carrey said, hey, hey Rodney, um, uh, I, I got here in time for your In-N-Out burger. Right. Funny, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, funny. So they, <laughs> they all had something to say. And wow. Roseanne was so cool and sweet. Mm. Um, every, everybody came in. Harlan Williams, everybody. Wow. So that's pretty heavy shit. He's, yeah, it he's is. Heavy. Do, I went in like, too. Yeah, she didn't talk about it, but no. a lot of the comics went. Yeah, you know. So she, so he was in a coma. It was very weird because when I when I was there, you know, I tried to, uh, you know, I would tell him like what I'll do to her if he doesn't wake up. Oh, that's hysterical. Because I knew that would bother him. Right. And if you don't wake up from that, right. you know, you're not waking up. Wow. You know, I didn't get filthy dirty about right, it, right. but you know, you know, that's his wife. You know, right. so you know, I start saying like some dirty stuff to him, but you know, and then we were like playing his music. He mm. loved Rodney loved singing. Mm. You know, and he not so much singing. He well, he loved singing, but. He loved, he did like an animated movie where he mm. sang in that. Mm. And he loved the music from that. So Joan played that for a while. It was really sad. You know, it was, you know, actually it was more sad for me to see her like that. Wow. Because it was interesting for me to watch her in that hospital room because she was just so in love with him. Wow. That it was like, wow, that, that's incredible. You know, That's like you were saying about, about um, the Rocky situation. Exactly. Yeah. But it was the real deal. Right. I mean, he was a lot older than her, yeah. had a lot more life in front of him than her, but yet she was just absolutely in love with him. I mean... She's still in love with him. Still. I mean, yeah. I talk to her sometimes. We yeah. always talk about Rodney. Yeah. And I even did the movie My Five Wives with Rodney. And she would just sit with him. You know, in the trailer, wherever we were. I mean, she was just right there for yeah. him and loved it. Yeah. And I liked that. Yeah, that was cool. You know, I like when I get to see that, whether it's somebody in show business or not. Yeah. I just he love did, that tightness. Yeah, he did, he did live to 82. And I thought, for when how, when did Pryor pass? Was don't it in know. his late 50s? I don't know. <clears throat> I really don't know. But 82, I don't want to say that's old, but... That's a pretty well, good it's run. A, it's not a baby. No, it's a pretty but, good run. But, you know, run. It's, it's sad when anybody yeah. goes. That's, but we're all going to go. bottom line. We're all going to go. Yeah, but what's your point on that? It's <laughs> fucked up. You know, that's what it is. We're never going to see each other one day. You know what? I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I never did. You know, I even tell you it to my own kids dying. that that when I go, mm. you know, it's okay. I'm good with it. Mm. You know, I don't know if it's because of the kind of life I, I've led. You know, some people, you know, I, I feel I've lived an incredible life. I try to you, keep did, myself. Did you see Did you see Mike Tyson's Mike Tyson's one-man show? 
I actually saw it the first night he I did it in Vegas do, before you he do ever a filmed. Great one night, sh- one man show. Maybe after your book well, comes out, there is something yeah, being talked like about just, with that. So it's just like this talking about with the pictures and you know actually, the whole thing. With, I think you know, awesome. I don't want to say the director's name, but it's probably the biggest director ever on Broadway wants to do that with me. Wow. And that's something being worked yeah, on. I just don't know if I, I have think, the guts to do it. Yeah, we'll be back yeah. after these uh, these little bit more interviews with John Dangerfield. And Mr. Andrew. How long were you married to him for? We were married 11 years. We dated 10 years, years married yeah. 11 years. So you were with him for 20 years. 21 years, yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. So yeah. it was good. It was really, really, wow. really good. But it was a big loss it must be, to me. It must be hard, hard on you. Yeah, when he, when he, uh, every time died, I see you, I feel really sad because I loved him so much. It was such and a loss. I feel like you know your heart. You know what I mean? Because oh my God, he it was, was broken. Like your, my heart was broken. Yeah. When you, when how do you, you feel cherish, now? How do you feel now? It's still bad. I have to say Fuck. they're lying if they say grief goes away. Bullshit. Mm. It does yeah. not. When you cherish someone. I I think it was worse though initially because you know it's just such a shock to suddenly have all that attention gone and all that interaction mm. um, and all those uh, you know just amazing feelings. I mean, my favorite moment with Rodney in any given day was watching him walk towards me. Mm. That gave me a lift. Like you couldn't believe. Yeah, because it, <gasps> it was so funny. Yeah, it was yeah, like, he's oh like my this big love. He was such heart. a yeah. joy, and you know he, his yeah. his whole body like vibrated. There was such yeah. a force of energy yeah. there. That I just don't see that and in any other and person. And for the people that are, again, the people that are listening, if they want to visit Rodney Dangerfield's gravesite, where is he? They can't. It's the same place where Marilyn Monroe's buried. And He's that's like, in Westwood? Yes, Westwood Memorial. It's So it's in Westwood and Wilshire. Uh, yeah, yeah, Wilshire. Uh, I think Gailey is across the yeah, street. Yeah, and basically you can go there, and there's a lot of other major celebrities that are buried there. Who, yes, so who who else is, what other celebrities um, are buried Ronnie there? Ronnie is fairly close so to Merv Ra- Griffin. Merv Griffin. And Farrah Fawcett. Fair Fawcett. Uh-huh. Um, Jack wow. Lemon. Jack Lemon. Um, there's a lot there. And I even see, I was there recently and I saw... Isn't Walter Matthau there? Walter Matthau's there, right. yes. Uh-huh. And who'd you just see, you said? Um, I just saw Sylvester Stallone's son is buried there, so wow. I imagine someday Stallone will be buried oh, there. Oh, man. Um, Which is weird, you guys, because this... This gravesite is in is right in the middle of Westwood. I know, isn't that? It's freaky? not like on like Forest Lawn where it's on the you know in the yeah, valley on no. some hill or it's right in this or residential like, heart. or like deep like, like yeah. it's right there. It's <laughs> right weird. There. I know. I had never been there. And you can get a falafel and then go. <laughs> so you were you been to that gravesite? Yeah, in Westwood? I was there by the National Theater. Yeah. Wow. It was very sad. Huh. You know, I, hey, look, like every comic or, or he didn't even have to be a comic. I just loved the guy. Yeah. He was hysterical. He was heartfelt. Mm. You know, he, he helped so many in the business. You know, I, I could never say anything, but I love the guy. Mm. You know, and I love Joan. I love her love for Rodney. Mm. That's, that's a hard thing to find in this world. So... You know, you know, a dozen years, not a, even a dozen years later, you know, how she's still yeah, talking about right? That's an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, but, and that's why Rodney was in love with her. I mean, she's an amazing woman. So were know. you with him when he did my spring break special in, in Daytona? Oh, um, I remember Mem- that. Remember he went I to, he was that. doing yes, Ladybugs. Do. Yes. Was it Ladybugs? 
yes. With Harry Basil. With Harry Basil, right. Right. And so he came down to um, Daytona Beach. I remember that. And we did um, Chillin' with the Wheeze. Yeah. And then we helped promote his Ladybugs, yeah. uh, spe- uh, Ladybug movie. What happened was is um, we went to do, I was rehearsing, the, the producer of MTV's like, we got to go upstairs and meet Rodney and we got to rehearse with him before we go down there and we walk in the um his hotel room and he's wearing a robe yeah and slippers and he loved being comfortable and basically his balls were hanging out well um he was very he would prefer to be a nudist if if the truth be told his balls were hanging out and then he said who wants to get fucking stoned with me and then we all smoked pot with him and then we all kind of Came up with the show and and started doing yeah, that. Yeah, I think I heard that gossip. Yeah, and I'm sure it's true. That that man yeah. was just so comfortable. He loved with to smoke marijuana. Oh, I thought you meant the nudity. No. You know, talking about Rodney's balls and everything. Right. You know, when my parents went to see him with me in Atlantic City, mm. you know, we went up to the room. You know, Rodney had a thing about. Basically, being undressed, right. he'd wear a robe, but it was never tied. Right. You know, and it was loosely tied, but it would kind of like undo. yeah. And you met my mother a couple times. Yeah. That's sort of where I get. No, it's not sort of. It's where I get my attitude from. Wow. And she's sitting there, and she's no one you could sit with and get away with that. And she's going, Rodney, would you do me a favor? I mean, <laughs> you're a great comic and everything, but put your balls away. Do you understand? Right. This is your mother. I mean, that, yeah, that was yeah. my mother. But did she, he do she it? Give, yeah, he did it. He you did know, it, right? She gave a direct Did you ever order. smoke pot with him? Uh, no, I didn't even smoke pot. You never smoked. Have you I ever, in, ever smoked pot? Yes. Okay, but yes. you never smoked with him. See, my thing, if I ever smoked a joint, it was mostly an aphrodisiac, right? What is that? But, like if a chick came up to my room, mm. you know what I mean? Like at Crest Hill, let's say, when mm. I first came out to L.A., you know, and they take out a joint. What am I not going to smoke the pot? It right. gets you in the mood. It relaxes you. Right. So, if you were with him for the from 1983 till um, till his passing, yeah. So that means that means you were with him the whole time he did all these films. That's right. So I went on the set when he did Back to School. So tell us about Back to School. Well, because did that you know was, Rodney wrote that movie? I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. He was he was so it was talented. Genius. Yeah, really genius. He didn't expect the movie to be a hit, but you know, it it was such a hit and he was thrilled about that. Yeah. He was thrilled. That I really I mean, that movie just really How much money did that movie make? Um, close to 100 million dollars domestically. Wow. That's interesting that you were with Rodney the whole his whole time yeah. in his career. Yeah. Um, like when he was doing the movies, because I thought he was single, but I guess I was wrong, because um, you were with him taking care of him. Yeah, as far as far as I know. So he wasn't um, like because I was when I did my movies, I was always fucking around with the extras or uh-huh. the co-stars, and uh-huh. he never did that because you as were there. As far as I know, he didn't. Well, he didn't. No, he was. He pretty, was with you. This, he was a loyal guy. Yeah, you know? I didn't and know that. I guess it was so his great. image. We got a long story. He, That's yeah, nice he too. would flirt, and he was always interested in like, well, what's that girl's story? You mm. know, that kind of thing. He was interested in, you know, what what they had going on. Like but he, he screwed around, but he didn't like try to 
you know. Um, he enjoyed because you know, Gene Simmons does that a lot, or I oh, heard that Rodney he does was that. not like Gene Simmons at all. Right, because Gene Simmons is like yeah, he's I, with I, Shannon Tweed, but then he loved different type of women. Yeah, no, so Rod- that wasn't Rodney. No, Rodney wasn't like that. He was just wonderful. Yeah, so he wasn't that. No. So what about Caddyshack? Were you there during Caddyshack? No, I met him right after Caddyshack. I think. Caddyshack oh, so Caddyshack was, was right before. Caddyshack was before, and then I think it, Caddyshack was nineteen eighty. Really? Uh-huh. And then Easy Money was 1983. I met Rodney in 1983. Easy so he Money was piping hot when you met him. So he Off was a super... Easy Money? And Caddyshack. Yeah, Caddyshack. Holy but, shit. Well, you know, I mean, he stole Caddyshack, but that was a small role for him. It doesn't he, matter. He was all over that he shit. He was, and I remember seeing I remember. Yeah. I remember I, I remember going to that movie just because he was going to how be much, in it. How much older was Rodney than you? 30-something years. I don't know exactly. 30-something years. 30-something, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I'm not allowed to ask your age. 61 in December. You're not 61. Yes. No. Yes. Thank you for Holy reacting shit. like that. Yeah. Really? I'm in pretty good shape. Holy fuck. Thank you. Dude, you look like, you look probably Thank about, you. I'd have to say, 47, 48. Thank you so much. That's crazy. Thank 61. You. Yeah. You're like, so you're a gilf. What does that mean? Oh. Grandmothers that like to, <laughs> I won't not say the last part. No. But no, that's what. But you I know, could be. I'm sure. Sure. Where were you when he got the Grammy for his album? Because um, what was it? No Respect, right? Yeah, No Respect. Where did he come up with the whole No Respect thing? Initially, his he wanted an image. He didn't want to be the kind of comic where he could tell a joke and then the next comic could get up and tell the same joke and it wouldn't matter. He didn't want to just be, you know, a mouth spitting out jokes. He wanted, he wanted to create an image like Jet Benny had one. He was 39 and cheap. And he wanted, wanted one. So he thought he would do kind of like the lovable loser um, yes. And he, so his first image was nothing goes right. He would kind of say that, but it was too generic. And so he worked the tough clubs, you know, in New York and so on. I think he called them the toilets. Right. And, um, and he would hear gangsters talking in the audience saying things like, Hey, Hey, respect her. She's with me. Oh, yeah, respect yeah, yeah. her. Right, right. So, um, and that was right about the time of the Godfather was written that book. And, you know, it was when on, did he come up with this catchphrase? I get no respect. It was right about then, like 1970 ish. So it was before, it, it was, was before you guys met. Well, yeah, but it was like, for example, he'd already done Sullivan a few times before he had that phrase but what happened is he wrote one no respect joke and it was something about when he was a kid um, he played hide and seek and you know his parents wouldn't even look for him you know and he got no respect as a child uh-huh. so after he told that joke people in the audience said hey hey Rodney me too you know no respect no respect so he went okay golden wow he had it yeah it's like Crazy where you, so you the hear poems? different. Yeah, like you know, like she's talking about how he came up with the hook of "I don't get no respect," mm. and I start thinking about like you know how the poems happen. Mm. The, and, dice, the dice, the dice, yeah, play the poems. little Miss Muffet, all that right. stuff. And that was a night. Sat on a tuffet, eating a curtain way. Along came a spider, spider sat down by side, he said, "Hey, what's in the bowl, bitch?" Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry. I grew up with this shit. I still look at him like he's 12. You understand? (laughs) I still look at him like he's 12. Listen to me. I I don't got to bullshit a guy like you. That's how I look at Paul. I can't help it. It's tough, right? Because he's always going to be the kid in the relationship. So anyway, one night, you know. So this is how you came up with your nursery. Yeah, I was searching for material on stage. Right. 
And you know, sometimes you say Riffing. something another comic says, right, right. and you go, oh, fuck, I know that's not mine. And I did, you know how Howie Mandel does uh, Roses Are Red, Violets Are Bloom, A Schizophrenic So Am I? Right. So I did that, and I did, uh, that was one more I did, and I knew it wasn't mine. I was good friends with Howie. So after my set, he comes over and he's going, Dice, you're doing my stuff, you know? And I go, you know what, Howie, I, I just realized that, and I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Mm -hmm. But what I did realize is that I could rhyme on stage. Mm -hmm. That's what I realized, and that's when I started doing the poems. And then within a short time later, when, when Johnny was out visiting me, you know, we got a couple beers, sat in my apartment, took the whole book of, you know, the Mother Goose rhymes, and just went back and forth like we were playing tennis, wow. one line to another. Wow. Like the one we always still think about is when I go, you go Little Bo Peep, and I'm like, fuck the sheep, and he's like, blew a horse, licked the feet. Right. And it just went back and forth oh, like that funny. and just came up with the whole slew of it. That's awesome. You know, so but, it but it was really because of Howie Mandel, because I did something that wasn't mine, but realized something wow. that would really work for me, like Rodney realized about, I don't get no respect, man. That's great. That's cool. That's cool. You know what one role that a lot of people don't remember Rodney from, but I remember Rodney from, was in Natural Born Killers. Oh, my God. Wasn't he great he in that? He was fucking amazing. Yeah. Oliver Stone called him up and said he had a part for him, but it was interesting to watch that whole process. Oliver Stone would not give him the whole script. Mm. And he told Rodney, he kind of gave him the premise and told Rodney he could write his own lines because, you know, Rodney loved that. Mm. I remember one line Rodney wrote. Again, he heard it inspired by the gangsters. He said um, something like, I'm, I'm going to take your eye out and show it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's threat, right? And right. then he wrote some other lines that scared even Oliver Stone. That Oliver Stone wow. said, okay, no, that one's too bad, too right, bad. Right, right. Um, but Rodney, uh, we, I, I did fly with them uh, to Arizona where that was filmed, and I was with them every day on the, the set there. Yeah, how was that working with Woody Harrelson and uh, Awesome. Right. And they were all very cool and they liked to have, you know, dinners afterwards and everybody had a lot of fun. And that was great. And uh -huh. Juliette Lewis, what a talent. Oh my god, I thought she should have gotten an Oscar for that part. Yeah, she was she and was amazing. Was great. And Oliver Stone loved Rodney and So um, what did people say? Because a lot of people knew Rodney from Caddyshack and knew him from right. Back to School and then all of a sudden he comes out in this weird dramatic role you yeah. pretty much played a pedophile right he did was it and a pedophile he did it with style yes yeah. he was way ahead of his time he always always pioneered new territory you know it's really crazy mm -hmm. listening to the rodney story because it's funny how our careers sort of paralleled mm. you know a little bit mm. like when you know i'm listening about you know, I don't get no respect, and I'm thinking about how I came up with the poems. Now I'm hearing about Natural Born Killers, which he was a uh, killer, which he was great in. And I'm thinking, that's so weird because, you know, Woody Allen plucked me, like, out of obscurity again yeah. and put me in Blue Jasmine, yeah. you know, and for something completely different than I've ever done. Mm. And, and, it's, it, and it really resurrected yeah, it, stuff, it, yeah, completely, but... It's just funny hearing about somebody else's career, you know, that, you know, because Rodney did have yeah, the ups takes, and downs like takes, anybody else. It takes someone like a Quentin Tarantino. It takes someone like a Woody Allen. It takes someone like a Oliver Stone 
someone that I don't want to say is fucked up, but has a vision to do something against the grain. The rebels someone of like Hollywood. That, someone Rebellious like that directives. to put you in something like that, 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 that the studios or someone else might have not thought of that. And what's funny is, you know, I, I got a lot of praise for that role. People were saying I was going to be nominated, which I never fell into that trap and I never thought I would be. But... And I didn't know the hype that would come with that movie. I didn't realize. When you do a film, and I'm sure, you know, when, when Rodney got the call from Oliver Stone, I'm, I'm sure he sort of felt like what I felt when I got the call from Woody going, you got this part. Did Woody call you up himself? Well, no. Well, I went in to meet with Woody. Right. You know, I but was didn't in, you go and read for another part? And then no, no, really no, no. Well I, you, I read put, for the part I oh, got. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, other he people saw you on Entourage? For, he saw me on Entourage. Brought me in. I was actually leaving New York. I, I just did Westbury Music Fair. And when my manager Bruce called me and said, Woody Allen wants to see you tomorrow morning, I thought he was kidding me. Because I'm going, all right, Bruce, I got to pack. I'm leaving 6 in the morning. And he goes, no, really, you got to stay. Woody Allen actually called. And I'm thinking out of all the directors in Hollywood, Woody Allen's not calling. I mean, he really had to convince me that it, he wanted to see me. Because I was going to hang up on him. I thought he was just fucking with me. But it, it had that effect. You know what I mean? And people saw another side just like they saw with Rodney. Because like, Rodney yeah. also liked dramatic acting. Yeah. It's like and, when, when Quentin called up John Travolta. Exactly, Pulp for Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And the rest became history, yeah. as we know. For the people that are listening... What is it that you want them to know about your ex-husband? You know, you're the widow of Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield was the best, to me, one of the, one of the best, most original comics ever. There's something to be said for someone who can make the entire world, world laugh at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's quite an accomplishment, and Rodney yeah. could do that, and he could do that in four seconds. Can you, you make know. the whole world laugh in four seconds? If I make a silly noise... Probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for letting me come up to your house. It's such My a beautiful pleasure. house. Thank I you. I can't believe you're 61. That's fucking insane. Thank you. Right? Thank you. Holy shit. Finally, the same age that, as my IQ. That, no, no. <laughs> and I'm so happy that, you know, you were able to be with Rodney for all those years. Me and too. So that happy was my that, greatest pleasure. Yeah, and so happy that you got to experience his love and to be around such a genius comedian. And all the kids that are listening to this right now, I know you feel the same. And that it was an honor to speak to you. Oh, you're very kind. Thank it you. It was an honor to speak to you. And um, and I loved Rodney so much. You know, I loved him so much. And, and the world misses him so much. And um, hopefully the people that listen to this that didn't know who Rodney Dangerfield was, because once again, there is a younger generation out there that are that have, have, you know, have passed on into in their own little thing. Maybe you guys will Google Rodney Dangerfield and you go to his website, which is just... Rodney.com. Rodney.com. And thank you, and I love you for thank having you. me over to your house. It was my pleasure. And I guess, oh, what a crowd, what a crowd, what a crowd. <laughs> Later, yes, guys. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, so that, that was, was really it. great. Huh. And you know what? When, when I was listening to you say, like, you know, to Joan, like, what an honor it is. Like, and I think about it, and I think back, and you know, the fact that you called me, that you wanted me for the Rodney, 
you know, for this podcast. I'm thinking, you know what? It was an honor to know that guy because he was definitely one of the world greats of stand-up comedy. He could make people laugh in four seconds. He was that quick. He was just, he was, he, you know, and where I would really relate to Rodney because we would talk a lot about character. And we would talk a lot about, like, how there's not enough guys in a character, which you would know about because you did it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Guys like you, me, Kennison, we had the characters, you know, and not, you know, I don't see as much of that today. You know, back then I didn't see enough of it, and today you don't see much of it. And there's really something to be said for that, but he was an absolute master at his craft. I could do nothing but laugh when I even think about him. And to have worked with him, you know, in his movie, uh, on stage doing the special, he even came up with me when I did the Miami arena. Because I would always ask Rodney, he'd get mad at me too. It was funny because, you know, I felt so indebted to him yeah. for the shot he gave me. Yeah. And I, I became so gigantic from it that I, re <laughs> I remember one, and, and that was... I remember one night standing in front of Catch a Rising Star with him and Dennis Offer, and I was That was getting... your old agent? No, he's still my agent. Oh, he's your agent. Yes, and him and Pete Papalotto. And I said to Rodney, I was getting ready. I was going to do the garden for the first time. And I said, Rodney, why, why don't you do some of these with me? Mm. You know, and he goes, man, I've done everything. Okay. Mm. He, like, got mad at me. And I'm saying it to him because I'm thinking... You know, it, just splitting the money for an arena, mm. you know, every night you could buy a house. Mm. You know, it's, it was that kind And I just felt so indebted because this guy gave me such a shot of a lifetime mm. that I wanted to give back, you know, and, and share the same stage and do some shows together. And But he did come on at the Miami Arena when I did that. He must, people must have went insane. They went, insane. you know, one day I'll put those tapes out because right. I have it on film. Right. And, I mean, he didn't even have to say anything. I just said, whatever I said to the audience, I said, Rodney Dangerfield, and he came up, and he already, like, smoked the joint. Yeah. You know, I just saw it in his eyes, you know. Yeah. And he walks up, and the place just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and any time I look at that tape, and I see me and him on the same stage together, and there's, you know, it's 18,000 people. It's a sports arena. And I just look at that. Number one, it's a surreal feeling. But I'm like, I can't believe I got to be on the same stage with him, even though that was my show. Yeah. That's Rodney Dangerfield. Wow. And because of that, man, I got to yeah. say it, uh, yeah. so many comics are indebted to him yeah. for their careers. I know I won't even speak for anybody else. I am. Mm. And, I, and I always will be because without that shot, without... Without your mother seeing what could be, what could come out of me, without those things, none of us would have got anywhere. Yeah. You know, and that's the bottom line. So it's really an honor to be on the show, you know, the show that Joan Dangerfield, who I love and have major respect for, for what she's done on yeah. her own as a human being and what she did. You know, when a woman fuels a man, that guy can do whatever he wants to do. That's what I always loved mm. about marriage mm. you know if you have the right woman mm. that has your back that backs you up with your decisions i always felt like i could take on the world when things mm. were good like that mm. you know if you're that type of person and 
you know what? I just loved the man. I respected the man. You know, I, I do nothing but, but say, Rodney, we miss you. We love you. And the beauty of that you were here is that we could still listen and watch you. Yeah. And again, thank you, Joan. And thanks for having me. Yeah, on. and thank you, Joan. I want to thank Joan for letting me in her house and um, letting me sit down with her. I want to see they, that pool. Oh, it's sick. <laughs> it's it's fucking sick. And thank you um, for sitting down with me on this. I re- appreciate it. Not a problem. And, and again, I'm very happy for you and you know and all the different stuff that you've done. I know that it's been up and down. Um, and but now you're on a, a nice upswing, nice upswing, a really nice upswing. And thanks for hanging in there. You got it. And the world's you gonna see it. more of you as well. And we'll see you guys next time on Interested. I want to thank so much Andrew Dice Clay. I want to thank Joan Dangerfield. Thank you so much for sitting in with me and getting to a little bit to know more about uh, the the genius Mr. Rodney Dangerfield, which we all miss and love. So much, Joan. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. That was so superb. Superb. And I definitely want to um, now kind of shift gears and go to next week's episode. It's a special episode. It's to the king. I'd say he's the new king of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, for next week's episode on Interested, Mr. Carrot Top. So I said, no, he's and he's gay and I'm straight. And the guy's like, yeah, well, that, is that your walker with the dildo on it? All right, well, that's it, you guys. Definitely follow uh, Andrew Dice Clay on his Twitter, which is just at the real Dice Clay. Um, and uh, I want to also definitely check out Rodney Dangerfield's website um, for, with Joan Dangerfield. And I want to thank Mike, Frank, and Friends. That's Mike, Frank, and Friends for giving us the beautiful track that played under. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay and you could follow them on Twitter which is just at Mike Frank Friends uh, Friends with a Z uh, that's their Twitter thank you guys so much the song was fucking awesome and um, and if you do want to follow me on Twitter it's just at Polly Shore also go to my website which is just PollyShore.com alright you guys thank you so much bye bye see you next time later <laughs>